and welcome to series four of The Confidence Fighter. I'm Mercer and on this podcast I'm here to help you find and grow your inner confidence. But before we get on with this episode I would really appreciate it if you subscribed. Okay without further ado let's get on with this episode. Hello and today I'm delighted to welcome Jenny as our special guest on The Confidence Fighter. Jenny, can you tell me a bit about yourself and your story? Delighted to and thank you very much for having me today. So Jenny Hibbert, based here in London, mother of two children, two daughters um, who are eight and 11, married to Nick. And I work with an organisation called Hydrogen Struggles, uh, where we source talent uh, for organisations, and we help people to be as successful as they possibly can be within the organisations in which they work. I'm 43 years old, um, so if we go back 43 years, Myrtle, I was born in Liverpool. Uh, at the age of eight, we relocated to Germany, so my father uh, spent his career with an organisation called Unilever, and they typically move their leaders around the world. Um, my parents could have chosen to have kept us here, Um, And we could have gone to a boarding school here, but they elected to make a different choice. So we moved with them. So as I say, at the age of eight, we moved to Germany uh, and I went to an international school there for four years, the International School of Hamburg. And then at the age of 12, we moved to South Africa. Uh, If you listen very closely to my accent, you can still occasionally hear a South African twinge. Um, And I spent four years going to uh, a school in Durban. And then at the age of 16, we moved back here to the UK. So I did my final two years of school here, my A-levels. I come without any GCSEs because I effectively missed them out um, spending my teens in South Africa. And throughout my teenage years, I'd had something of a passion for drama. In fact, when we lived in Germany, I did a bit of film work and a bit of TV work. So no surprises that I elected to study English and drama as my first degree at university. From there on in, I won a scholarship to Cambridge um, and I did an MPhil in a very specific area of English literature. So the 1700s to the 1830s um, with a double click on Jane Austen. And by that moment in time, I'd actually pivoted away from thinking I wanted to act. um, And I was headed in the direction of broadcast journalism because it combined a lot of what I love, uh, an element of performance, an element of public affairs, an element of debating. So I then studied for a postgraduate diploma in broadcast journalism for a year at Cardiff University and after that I spent four mostly happy years with the BBC. Uh, I began as a as a local reporter uh, for the East Anglian opt-out, the East Anglian local news which is BBC Look East. From there I came to London to be part of a team that was launching a new politics show. I then did a stint on Newsnight and on the BBC London News before I ended up on BBC News 24. Interestingly, slowly but surely, I stopped finding journalism as rewarding as I had found it when I first went into it. So I started to look around and explore careers which would use some of the skills that I'd learned as a journalist, how to research, how to ask questions, how to hit deadlines, all of those things, but probably in a slightly more commercial environment. And it was really a series of accidental conversations that led to me joining Hydrogen Struggles back in 2005 um, as an associate. And then in some ways, as they say, Myrtle, the rest is history. Um, I've been with the firm now for almost 18 years, believe it or not. And I've worked my way up the ladder. 
You mentioned that you lived in Germany and then South Africa. What was it like as a child moving around so much? And where did you feel your geographic identity was? That's a really great question, Muttle. Um Look, I think there are many, many benefits to moving around as a child. Your horizons open hugely. So interestingly, my time in Germany coincided with... Uh, the Berlin Wall coming down, and and I remember that vividly. And my time in South Africa coincided with the formal end of apartheid and the election of Nelson Mandela to president, which again I remember vividly. So I think it opens your horizons in terms of what's happening with the world. It also gives you a huge amount in terms of learning how to be agile, learning how to be resilient, learning how to be chameleon-like almost in any situation. Um, You have to learn to adapt if you're moving around as a child. But it's not easy. The move back to the UK at the age of 16 was a challenging one. Uh, I didn't particularly want to leave the school I was at. I was extremely happy. I was one year away from leaving that school um, and graduating, matriculating, as they call it in South Africa. But I had to come back here, start again, uh, go into a different schooling system, uh, make a whole raft of different friends. And... That can be quite challenging. Um, So what do you do? What does it give you? Again, I would say moving around as a child means that you have a very, very well-honed set of defences that spike in any situation in which you're uncomfortable. So I come back to my point about resilience. It, It gives you resilience and it demands that you overcome situations that many other children simply aren't put into. In terms of the geographic identity question, look, it's a great one. I would say probably my most formative years were spent in South Africa. So there's something special about that country that continues to speak to me. I'm not sure I would say it's home, but I would say that it's where a lot of what I believe today was formed. Can you tell us a bit about your time as a reporter? What sort of things did you have to do? And what was it that you liked so much about the job? Yeah, so look, it was a really, really fun job. So I joined uh, BBC Look East when I was 22. And I was essentially, essentially their graduate trainee. So I was really learning the craft of journalism on the road as a local telly girl. So I got to do all sorts of things. Um, Some of the stories that I did were, you know, really fun. I was sent to a building site once, um, essentially, and had to do a sort of live outside broadcast dressed up as Bob the Builder. I think it was National Construction Day, and that's what we were celebrating, and that's what my report was on. But I never envisaged myself sort of standing there with a construction hat on, um, singing a rather silly song, um, and that being broadcast to a small part of the UK. But there we go. Lots of other stories, you know, I remember doing um, a a road into Norwich going from single carriageway to dual carriageway and probably standing by the side of that road, Myrtle, for the best part of half a day waiting for my sort of two and a half minutes of fame. Look, and I did, we also did some pretty serious stories. I remember my first um, outside broadcast was at Stansted Airport and it was a day of strikes um, and there were some really sort of upset travellers, including I was interviewing one really quite elderly lady who was quite distressed. Um, so, again, actually, you know, you learn to adapt in different situations to different people, think on your feet, be agile. You're beginning to see a theme here, Myrtle, in terms of things that I've 
both learnt and enjoy. But my time as a, as a local reporter was an incredibly fun one. When I came to London and found myself more on the production side of things, where I personally felt I had less opportunity to be creative and to own things was when I started to get somewhat frustrated with journalism. And that's when I started to look elsewhere. So I know you just mentioned it, but was there like a couple of other things that made you decide to leave German journalism? And how did you embark on a completely different job? So I think the predominant piece was I stopped feeling fulfilled. And I think it's incredibly important to feel fulfilled in terms of what you wake up and do in a day, uh, no matter what that is. Um, and I think if you're not feeling fulfilled, you should listen to that. So that was the dominant piece that made me think again. There were other peripheral pieces. Um, I felt like a change. Um, I wanted to stay in London, having relocated to London from from Norwich. Um, I was watching my friends do different things and and they were really enjoying it. Um, There was a part of me that wanted to be in a more corporate world in the way that a lot of my friends were. So those were all of the triggers. And I actually drew on some of those life skills that both my childhood and journalism had taught me to navigate my way into an industry that I knew nothing about. In fact, I didn't even know it existed. I had no idea there was an industry called executive search um, before someone told me about it. So what I mean by that is I tried to be curious. um, I tried to be very open minded. I tried not to fear the unknown. Um, And ultimately, I decided to take a risk. And if you go back to my childhood, there's an awful lot of those ingredients in how I navigated life as a child being plunged into new situations. Um, And that's exactly what I did here. Um, And ultimately, it was a series of conversations that led to me being introduced to someone who was at the time a headhunter. Um, And she said, I think you might enjoy doing what I do. And then she opened a series of doors for me that resulted in getting one job offer, one job offer alone, which was the offer to join Hydrogen Struggles. Obviously, you're working working in quite a male-dominated world. How has that been difficult? So thankfully, it's a lot less male-dominated now than I think it, it, it might have been going back, which I think is a wholly good thing. Um, but there have been definitely moments in my career when I felt as though I was in the minority, either because of my gender or simply because of how I was approaching something. Um Again, I would say I drew on quite a lot of life lessons learned in my childhood. Uh, I talked about resilience. I talked about agility. I talked about those well-honed defences that spike in moments of discomfort. You, You draw on all of those, I think, in helping to plot through a situation where you do feel as though you're coming at things differently. Um, I learned to champion myself appropriately, but to make sure that people understood both the contributions I was making, um, because at points I was making them quietly behind the scenes rather than loudly in front of people. So, you know, I learned to champion what I was doing to make sure that they were recognised. 
you know, I also learned um, to learn when to push and to learn when to stand back, if that makes sense. You can't fight every battle all of the time. So as I advise now the, the many, many women that I mentor, um, know what's really important to you and hold true to those truths and don't let go. And equally know when to relax, when to sit back, when to think, I'll let this one go. Um, you know, I definitely see my career and I advise other people to see theirs as a marathon rather than a string. It, it's about pace um, and it's about stamina. Um, but there's been all sorts of things, Myrtle, that I've, I've drawn on um, to ensure that ultimately I've kept pace with the many men with whom I am running the marathon. What advice would you give to other girls listening to this who are perhaps doing sports or hobbies where the majority are boys? Keep going, you know, keep going uh, would be my best advice. Feel really proud about the arena that you're in. Um, Draw on all of those resources that make you strong. Find your wing women, if that makes sense. So... um, I've been lucky enough to always have a network of great female sponsors and great male sponsors who I could draw on, who've championed me. So make sure that you know who those wing women or wing men are um, and ask for their help when you need to. Um, That's an important learning as well, I would say. It's okay to take risks. It's okay to stumble. Just pick yourself up again and keep going. What is the biggest risk you've ever taken? Navigating away from a career in journalism and going into something which I really didn't at the time know or even understand was quite a big risk and one that paid off. I've made other decisions that I would say are quote-unquote risky as I've gone through my career taking on a leadership role when my two children were really very small was a risk because at the back of my mind was that doubt that so many working parents have, which is, can I do it? Can I do it all? Well, that's a myth. You can't do it all. And I realised that pretty quickly. You just need to learn. It's back to prioritisation, what you need to do and when, and where's your support network and how do you draw on it? What piece of advice would you give to your 13-year-old self? I was quite a warrior, so I think I'd probably say worry less, smile more, have fun, take risks. I would also specifically say take every opportunity that's offered to you. Um, Be proactive in shaping and creating opportunities uh, to ensure that they come your way. What's your favourite inspirational quote? The quote that I stumbled across at Christmas that is my strap line for 2022 is by Joan Rivers. And it's life goes by fast. Enjoy it. Calm down. It's all funny. Anyway, thank you so much for coming and talking to me today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Confidence Fighter and you're using Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a rating and review because this means other young girls can find this podcast more easily. Don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.